I hit the button. It says we're live. I, I think I think we are live after a six-week hiatus. Welcome back to Everything EOS, the longest-running EOS podcast since March 2018. Uh, this that whoa! I I got I got myself in my ears. One sec. Oh my goodness! I had like three windows of all the same window in my ear. But this is the we're back. Six-week break. So much good news has happened in just one week. It woke me up from the hibernation. I've been around if you've been following Liquid Apps, um, but I have been away from uh, this channel, but now we are back. I am here with Eve LaRose from EOS Nation. You guys all recognize him, and I'm here with my two-time guest, Miles Snyder from Gray Mass. Uh, I, I already gave the spoiler in the Everything EOS Telegram channel, but Miles, do you remember the last time you were on this show? It was in San Francisco, right? It was in San Francisco. Do you know who you're on the show with? Kevin Rhodes. Yes, sir. Formerly of EOS New York, currently of Block One. Yes. So yeah, I, dude, I remember that episode. That the last, episode. it was November 2018. It was uh, the week of the hackathon. It was the day after the hackathon. And we we're talking about ECAF, governance, oh. referendum. <laughs> That's old school. So and we, Aurora EOS. Yes. So this is, we're we're on like a little bit of a history lesson. Going back to a month before then, I have it up here in the tab. October first, two thousand eighteen. We're going on a history tour here, boys. Statement: <laughs> EOS public blockchain governance. One of the first times Block One started talking about EOS governance on the EOS public network. And here we are, almost two years later. And it happened. Block One finally voted. Uh, they did it with 10 million of their tokens. One of the uh, people voted for was Gray Mass. Sorry, US Nation, not on the original list. Let's, let's pull up the list here. Uh, does anyone have the list in front of them? Or do I got to read it? I got it. All right. Let's shut You've them out. got uh, Attic Labs, Bitfinex, EOS Cafe Block, uh, EOS Squabby Pool, Rio, Sweden, New Dex, OK Capital, Stardios, and Grimas. So that's a hell of a group of people. Uh, and they do plan to vote for more. So, Eve, uh, why, why did they only vote with 10 million tokens this time? And why did they only vote for 10 uh, block producers? So they did say, uh, Block One did put out a tweet to say that I believe it's 56 teams met the, uh, the requirements. So there are three requirements. Uh, I guess three different uh, items that you needed to to, to meet. Uh, 56 teams apparently met the requirements and they will be voting over a six week period on rotation. Uh, so I would imagine it'll be 10, 10, 10, 10. Uh, I don't know how many tens I've said, <laughs> six. Uh, and so they'll rotate that. The reason why, uh, and, and this is based on, on what I've read in the channels, is uh, to not affect ranking so much and pay grade uh, for, for certain BPs, right? So if they were to have voted for too much, uh, especially the BPs that were on the cusp may have been you know pushed down, which means it affects them greatly. Uh, and so by doing this, it's actually a very, very safe play. It's a good way to, I think, enter the ecosystem. I think it's a, it's a wise decision. A lot of thought was put into the decision. Um, and so I'm excited to see kind of a plus thing from a marketing perspective. All right. So we're, we're thinking the EOS New York guys that did that is Kevin, New York. If you're going to do something, drag it on, get that effect, get people pumping. I think it's, it's just a good move overall. Mm -hmm. 
I, I like it because it, it's going to be done in phases. So every yeah. every week, every couple of weeks, I don't know what their uh, voting schedule is going to look like, but it's going to be some activity like yeah. over. I think over it's going to be six weeks. So once a week is is seemed to be what they they were saying. Um, and then uh, we don't know again, like you said, there are phases, right? So they also mentioned that these are the initial criteria, and that that those criteria will will change over time. So it is possible that this six week period will give them uh, time to uh, come up with uh, and publish the following criteria, I guess, for the next phase of voting. And so that you you might see kind of a, an ongoing rotation of VPs, uh, you know, getting stronger and stronger either BPs dropping off the list because they don't meet the following criteria or BPs, uh, you know, stepping up to the plate and meeting whatever criteria it is that they, that they've requested. Uh, so it could work in a way like wax, where you've got uh, the IG that kind of essentially tells people what to, to work towards in order to be able to, to, to get the, the votes. Uh, so I think it's very positive, very cool. <laughs> so and at the same time, it doesn't affect the ecosystem too much. So it doesn't really, come in and, and shake the whole grounds, right? So it's pretty good. You brought up the voting requirements. Uh, yep. Miles, since you you probably are one of the people who, or you are one of the people who applied for, for this. You had, so every all the block producers had to submit something to block one. This wasn't done by block one themselves. You guys basically sent an application. Is that how it worked? Yeah, I mean, I actually don't know if that was a strict requirement. In one of their blog posts, they said, you know, if you are a BP, you should reach mm -hmm. out to uh, PB at block that one. And I'm guessing almost everyone did it, but it didn't. It didn't seem like they said you'll only be considered if, if this is the case. Um, you know, like Eve was saying, uh, for the the EOS New York guys are now running public blockchain engagement, and uh, you know they're super thoughtful guys. They've been here since day one. They know all the uh, players in the VP ecosystem, so they've been paying attention. You know, it's not something that's uh, that that is just uh, brand new. I was just trying to create a segue into the voting requirements, but uh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So actually, on those voting requirements, so there, there, there are. There's one in particular that. Um, um, so block one did say, and the PPE group did say, you know, if you've got any um, future requirements that you'd like to put in, or or anything about the requirements that you'd like to bring forward, we will essentially take those into consideration in order to you know, change for the next phases. And the third yeah, one on the list, for what it's worth, Graymass did submit a pretty detailed. Uh, you know, list of what we've been working on. Mm. I would imagine that most people did uh, because they didn't really say how much they were going to vote for at the time. It only became public later on that they would vote for 10 million. So I think that people at first probably thought that they were going to vote with the full 96 million. So people probably put a lot of effort into this. Uh, but one of the requirements Correct. is the peer-to-peer -peer node, right? Uh, and we did bring up something is how do you judge peer-to-peer -peer nodes? So there's a couple of issues with that. One is I may have peer-to-peer -peer nodes, um, and let's say I have a, a total peer uh, limit of, I don't know, 600 peers, which is actually quite a lot. If I'm actually full and you try to peer with me, it'll reject you. So I could potentially not get the requirement, even though I'm providing peer-to-peer, uh, um, -peer, or uh, yeah, an endpoint to 600 uh, people. Whereas you, on the other hand, could just uh, load a snapshot do a one request per second, have nobody know it, tell block one, and they can connect to it, right? So there's going to be some work to do, I think, on the technical side to be able to strengthen those um, those criteria. But I think that's part of the idea is over time, those criteria, I would imagine, will get harder, uh, more specific, and then we'll see uh, we'll see a shift in the ecosystem for, for the better, in my opinion. So as no, I actually... More... Sorry. 
I, I was just going to say that I think it would be nice if they actually did have sort of like ramped up the requirement requirements and some of them got stricter because I think it's it's important to have players in the ecosystem who are super engaged, who have a lot of voting weight to throw around, because then if they say something like, you know, this is a strict requirement for us, if you're not doing it, you're not going to get those votes. That sends a really strong signal. Um, mm. And like it's you know, mm. I feel like it's it's been uh a while since we've had some players like that in the ecosystem. There have been some proxies that have kind of um, served that role in the past, but block one is obviously, you know, because of their um, prominence and because of who's behind it and all that, they, they can send a really strong signal through their voting and through their requirements. I, I, like I think their that's, that's what's going to happen over time, but to start off too strong, you'd be shitting on a lot of parades and that might not be the best PR uh, uh, I guess, start to, to think, especially because like Zach said, they said they were going to vote two years ago uh, and the community is kind of in a rough spot right now. So I think, mm -hmm. I think a lot of this was, was very carefully decided. Um, and I'm, what I'm hoping is that then it starts to iterate much faster and much faster. Yeah. And then we move to so, exactly what you're saying. I agree with you. It needs to be very strict, um, uh, very strict conditions, essentially, to, to be able to get the votes, especially if the number of votes grows over time as well, because it does, it can, it can make or break teams. I like what they did. And this is why the whole reason they're participating in governance is to elicit behavior from the block producers. If they add a new requirement that says you have to run a full state history node, then I think we're going to see a lot of BPs spinning up full history nodes for the first time. Uh, but Good I luck, like, but yeah. I know, I, I like the way that they're doing it because... <laughs> Think about it from a personal standpoint, psychologically. Would you rather uh, never have gotten something or to have been given something and then have it taken away? Yeah. It's going to hurt so much worse. So they're voting for over 60 BPs or, or whatever it was, over 50. And then as the criteria get harder, there's going to be BPs that get the votes taken away from them. So it, they adapt and the ecosystem gets stronger. So yeah, it's a really good strategy. It's a win-win. I, 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 I wonder love, if Block 1 will ever spin up a proxy. Uh, oh, I actually, are, uh, in what sense? Because those are proxies in a way, mm -hmm. in a sense that anybody could throw in votes. Anybody can send in votes in those accounts if they want to. I saw people on Twitter. I don't know who it was. I don't have it in front of me, but they were asking Block One if there was a way that like someone could just vote for everything that Block One's voting for. So like a mirror, someone could probably an independent developer could set up a proxy that just uses an Oracle or something, just mirrors the Block One voting, and that could be a thing made by the community if they want totally. to. I, I don't know. Totally. Um, so one thing I have in front of me, I'm going to pull this screen share up for uh, like the last time, but something in here that hasn't happened yet, we haven't heard much on it, is the EOS Foundation. So what do you guys think of that? Uh, the way I interpret it from everything that's been made public, I don't know if it's actually in this paragraph here, but Block One said that they're not going to accept uh, like voter incentive rewards at first. Uh, but they, they may do that eventually. And I'm assuming that that's going to be how the EOS Foundation is at least funded partially. Uh, what kind of timelines do you think uh, we'll see for this to come to fruition? Because I think the foundation is something that has a lot of people in the community excited. Any predictions? Predictions as far as timelines go, <laughs> it's, it's very hard to do in this space. I know. Uh, I don't know for sure. Um, and I also, I don't know exactly what their ideas behind the foundation are, because we, we've seen different, uh, I, basically, theories and ideas behind different types of foundations floated. When we were in um, Brazil last year, there was a lot of talk 
um, around a sort of quasi-independent foundation. Um, I think it could be something that that could be very good for the community, but I, you know, they there's only been sort of really sparse hints at, at what they might be thinking about. I mean, the the best hints, I guess, are the little nuggets bloomer drops on Twitter every now yeah. and again. I don't I don't have any actually in front of me, but uh, what a lot of people want is like being completely decentralized is a good thing and a bad thing. I know EOS gets fighted all the time that it's not decentralized enough, but it's almost too decentralized because there's no figurehead leading anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'd say in the English speaking world, that guy would be Eve, actually. It's not block one steering the ship here. It's as far as public uh, personas and communication with the community, I don't think anyone does it better than EOS Nation. I just want to give a shout out to EOS Hot Sauce for anyone that missed these everything EOS for a couple weeks uh, in April and May. Uh, ho- hopefully you're getting your fix through the uh, EOS Nation uh, hot sauce blog articles and videos. They've been recapping the news every week for as long as I can remember. Um, all right. So one last thing on the votes. Leave it to Coindesk to fund the geographic diversity, huh? What's you, that? You got to... They just Somebody sent me a message. I got a little something here. <laughs> Thank you very much to the person who sent me the message. <laughs> The only way I could see was actually to get closer to the camera and to show it even more. Let's take a prediction. What is the Coindesk headline going to be tomorrow now that there's been some votes made? Is it going to call out the exchanges that they voted for? What, what, what do you think? What do you think the FUD is going to be this week? I don't think Coinbase cares so much about the exchanges. I, I think... not, not Coinbase, Coindesk. Oh, Coindesk. Um, yeah, because yeah, that's right. It's it's a berry pad or whatever, patty bear. Um, uh, I would think it's They're the low number. Some. I think it's going to be the low number or it's going to be the high numbers. The fact that they said that they're going to vote for 56 or it's going to be one of the BPs that hasn't been selected in the first week that uh, doesn't have a high self-esteem and that doesn't think they're going to make it in the following week. They're going to provide a quote for Patty Bear to say that it's all rigged and I'm going full out tinfoil hat in there. I'll make the prediction that you're right. It's either going to be Patty as the, Patty Baker or sure Brady Dale. We know it's either Brady Dale or Patty Baker to write this <laughs> article. They're going to they're gonna either FUD block one friendly voting with 10 million tokens. Let's squash the FUD right now. The reason they did that, we already talked about it, was it would push people out of paid positions. And why why do it all at once? We're going to see, I don't know where you've got that six week over the next six weeks from, but it's going to be great if every week we get more, it's going to be like. Uh, it's uh, It was the tweet that uh, that Brandon put out when they voted. I'll, I'll I'll try to find it. Uh, and, it it's uh, a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation. If yep. Block One had voted with a bunch of tokens, the headline would be that Block One is you know corrupting governance and and doing yeah, a corporate takeover. My favorite thing out of that CoinDesk article was that Bloomer. Let me find. Let me find that. I'll pull it up on the screen. Bloomer enough. spit some venom at them. So like usually yeah. like they they try to squash the foot a little bit, but they don't like throw anything back at them. But on Twitter, Brendan said. This whole thread was just sharing the CoinDesk link and about the geodiversity. Brendan says, I'm a relentless supporter of unbiased journalism and free speech, but it's only a matter of time before crypto media outlets that don't adequately disclose conflicts of interest and relegated digital asset holdings get involved in class action litigation. I love that. And what's he talking about here, guys? Digital currency group. Digital currency group. So it's this entity. They literally have an investment in all of the Ethereum ecosystem, they own CoinDesk, so they own their own media outlet. And it's no coincidence that they're they're constantly like budding on a competitor, which is EOS and EOSIO. 
even in their most positive articles, they always finish it with like a paragraph that just fuds thing at things at the very end. I don't know how they do it. It's like a, a requirement. Art. Yeah, it's it a is. requirement. Of course they have to, but it's really only, I mean, it's not all writers, right? So over the past, I'd say six months or so, a lot of the writers have reached out and we've, we've been providing more and more quotes uh, and we've been featured in more and more Coindesk articles, Coin Telegraph articles, and the writers themselves are actually really nice. And if you take the time to go over information with them, I had like I had Zoom calls with them. I had a phone call with with one of them. We stayed on the phone for like four hours. And the thing is, it, they've only been told garbage information, and or they haven't taken the time, or they haven't been give, been given the opportunity to take the time to actually learn about EOS. And once they started learning about it, the latest Coin Telegraph articles, anyways, have been way more positive, uh, and they've been reaching out to, I guess, different kinds of people as well. So it just, it really is like those two people that are that are really fudsters. Uh, the rest of them, in general, have been much, much, much better. Yeah, and there's just a level of misinformation, like you said. Like you know, you talk to people in the in the wider crypto ecosystem outside of EOS, and a lot of them only catch those bad Coindesk headlines or, you know, whatever it may be. Mm. And I, I've often found that I'm surprised when talking to people about just how misinformed they are and how much they, you know, believe certain things to be true about EOS that they really aren't at all. Yeah, well, just like the other day, there was the Weiss rating. They said that EOS is still congested by ADOS. Like, oh, you didn't see the 150 million transactions per, or actions per day that we're capable of doing <laughs> and ADOS is still running and it doesn't matter anymore. Like you're, you're just going off of old news at this point, but people don't have the opportunity, I guess, to follow EOS day to day. Uh, and that's, that's our job to put out more information, to reach out to the key opinion leaders, to reach out to, uh, to, to the media, to be able to educate them. My uh, and, and tides are turning, like more and more that is happening, but it is definitely difficult because like you mentioned, Zach, there's no centralized authority in EOS. There's not one place that people can go and just get all of their information, which would obviously make it much easier. EOS hot sauce. Hot sauce, yeah, of course. But even that, it's it's still a wiki publication. There's a lot of information there. It's pretty hard for people to, you know, keep in touch, especially if they're writing an article every couple of months. They're not going to go back and read the the, the, whatever, the Mm. 12 (laughs) hot sauces that they missed, right? So, but at least opening up the communication between the writers and BPs, that's been happening more and more. My my favorite... EOS FUD is typically the um, CPU cost that people still continue to FUD about. People on other side and sister chains, they they point yeah, back to the high CPU cost. And they everybody... have no excuse because they know. So that's just complete garbage. <laughs> uh, I think the last time I checked was yesterday, the day before, and it was one for 5,300. That there's no, if you can't afford CPU at this point, it's because you don't know what you're talking about <laughs> or you're just doing on purpose. So... While we're on the topic of FUD, during my six-week hiatus, I, I am not bearish on EOS. Like, I just want to, to point a few things out. And I stirred up, I ruffled a few feathers with, with a message I made about our next topic. Our next topic is EOS VC, which they had a great announcement this week. We'll get into the good news. But a few weeks ago, I was just a little bit sour on it because I just, I'll just pull up the tweet. So yeah, I asked, take the I good asked, with the bad. I asked the EOS community, I said, is EOS VC an accurate description of what the 1 billion fund is investing in? And out of almost 300 votes, 60, almost 67% of the community agreed with me. And the reason is whenever so that EOS means 200 VC, out of 300. Yeah. Uh, when EOS VC was first announced, it was announced in January 2018, about a month or two before I started this podcast with Rob Finch. 
EOS VC was probably the top reason out of all. There's a lot of good reasons to get into EOS, but EOS VC was probably the top reason I got into it. And let me know if you can't hear this when I play it. The program uh, that's going to deploy $1 billion of capital into EOS projects over the course of the next couple of years. We're now making a formal commitment uh, to put the majority of the capital that's come in through the uh, token sale back into the innovators. EOSBC so the point that I kind of got a little bit upset about was, and did, were you guys able to hear that? Yep. Okay. Was he said into EOS projects and EOS VC over the last couple of years, they've made some great investments. Shout out to FinLab. Out of all of the EOS VCs, I will point to FinLab all day and say that they're doing a great job. They have projects that are on the EOS main that a lot of people don't realize it because they have really good account solutions so that it kind of abstracts the blockchain away from it. But FinLab has invested in Moonlighting, which has 750,000 users, and they're all interfacing with EOS mainnet in some way. And then also uh, Upland. Upland works on the EOS mainnet. You just don't realize it because everything's abstracted from the users. And that's how I think everything's going to be moving forward. Uh, and th there might even be other projects, but we, we haven't seen, I guess, a, a, I don't know. It hasn't been in your face. I don't think it's been like pushed that they're supporting the mainnet. And then when you look at the communication from Block One over the last couple of months, especially, it's all about EOSIO. And EOSIO is great. Amazing. Uh, but we're, this is everything EOS. I love the side chains, but I, I got started with EOS. EOS is the mothership and it, it, it kind of sucks whenever it's being ignored and it, or it feels like it's being ignored. Um, but this well, last. Also, it's not just EOS IO, but there's even been investments into non EOS mainnet or sorry, non EOS IO projects. There've yeah. been there've been investment in Ethereum projects. Yep, and but again, God, the idea God's was unchained. it changed it changed from being EOS VC to just being a traditional VC. And so the idea wasn't let's invest in EOS projects. It's just let's invest in projects that will return us on our investment so that we can keep going as a company, which wasn't what was said in that video you shared. And I think that that's what that what that's what ruffles feathers. Mm -hmm. Um, but let me just pull up, put up so um. When did this come out? Like a couple days ago? Uh, two days With ago. The grants? Yeah, yeah so... 34 grants. Ba back in December, they announced a, a new thing in the grants program. So uh, up until December 2019, EOS VC was treated like a traditional VC. Like all they care... Like from what I understand, from what I've been told th secondhand, was they're most interested in returns. They didn't care about the EOS mainnet. They cared a little bit about EOSIO. But they're mostly just interested in getting equity and getting return on their capital, which is fine if you're a traditional VC and you weren't kind of promising to grow EOS and back whenever it was first announced. Um, but on May 28th, they released the name of 34 different projects, all building on EOSIO, uh, that were all rewarded 50% grants. And as far as I understand, these grants are no strings attached. Nobody gave up any tokens. No one gave up any equity. Um, they all had to have business plans, obviously. They had to apply for these. Um, but it's kind of like seed funding for some of these projects. And some of them are more mature projects. That's kind of just to give them a nudge to start toying with EOSIO. But some of these projects you'll recognize. Some of them you won't. A lot of them you won't, actually. You'll have to click into all of them. So Gino Bank, uh, that was the one that won the hackathon, right? Is that? No. 
That's not Gino Bank. No, Gino Bank. Uh, I think Gino. So I think they released the fact that Gino Bank won the 50K uh, grant a couple months ago because it was timely with COVID. Mm-hmm. Uh, because isn't Gino Bank, didn't they say that they shifted to help with COVID research or something like that? So I think it's the same thing. I don't think it's the ha- hackathon one. I might be wrong. The uh, hackathon I mean, one is Nougat, actually. Nougat won the San well, Francisco They won hackathon. the San Fran, but the uh, the Gene one won like the glow, like the finals. Oh, is that Gino Bank won that? I don't recall. I don't know. I, it, I, I, I don't. It, it, was Gene, it was Gene something. I, I don't have it in front of me. That's what happens when I'm not as prepared as no. typical. Um, <laughs> another one on there. I'm not going to leave the screenshot so you guys could keep seeing us talk. Uh, Karma was on there, uh, which Karma, as we all know, is a token. So this is another big thing here that EOS VC uh, and, and I think Pummel, Pummel's on here too, and they have a token also. So one of the other things that we heard from EOS VC for the first year, at least year and a half, almost two years of its existence was that they wouldn't invest as far as this is all secondhand, they wouldn't invest in projects with tokens, but they just proved that to be false here moving forward at least, or at least for the grant program with Karma and Pummel both uh, getting grants. What, what what were you guys' thoughts on these grants? Did you t- have a chance to look at any of these companies? Did any stand out to you? Uh, I knew I knew personally of about six of them. Uh, there's some really good projects in there. Uh, there are some that were surprising uh, because they're no longer on the EOS <laughs> mainnet chain. They're not even running on EOS. That's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a couple of them that are centralized or that that have also received um, funding for just generalized. So actually, that I thought that that was interesting because they're not necessarily EOS IO focused or even EOS focused, but they're just general crypto blockchain focused. So I think one of them is like a, a custodial wallet that mm-hmm. that enables you to hold a bunch of different funds, EOS including, uh, EOS included. So I think thought that that's actually kind of cool because part of the idea is we do need to reach out to the uh, outside of EOS community, mm-hmm. uh, which uh, which I think they did with with one of them. Uh, but that didn't, you know, that didn't, uh, that, that did ruffle some feathers because people thought, well, you know, it makes no sense, but different strategies. Um, I think what grants, would be nice to see is just a, a very specific set of guidelines from, from ESVC about mm-hmm. what exactly the criteria are. Um, because I, I also think that gr- grants are something that are really effective, especially for funding the types of projects that maybe aren't going to get traditional VC funding or are more um, sort of community-based projects that don't have a business model or a token or things like that. So I'd like to see those grants doled out maybe a little bit more specifically to those kinds of projects because that money, I think, will go further. Um, but at the very least, it would be nice to have really like crystal clarity around what the criteria are. Well, they Uh, did. uh, So Zach, I don't know if you were going to pull up, but they, they had originally mentioned that they were going to pay about $3 million worth of grants. mm -hmm. So it is possible that this is just the first round. Uh, It is possible that even the three mil is not even the end of it. And that again, like anything else, it'll, it'll refine over time. I'm, I'm just really excited because they talked about it. They said they were going to do it. They actually did it. Did it. And, and to 30, 34 projects in one shot, that's a lot of money going out. So they gave one point, let's say we just multiply it, 1.7 million in here. 
And then they paid 200,000 to somebody else uh, yesterday or this morning. Mm -hmm. uh, so like block one is actually now starting to invest a lot of them, that capital Back into the community. Uh, and, and that's what's interesting for me, I think is that they're now, I think after that SEC decision, they're now able to actually start moving in the direction that I think they always wanted to move in. It just takes time. You're, you're fighting this traditional system. Uh, so are is there anything else that they, they could do better? Is there, you know, tweaks that they'll, that, that they could have done. Sure. Uh, but I think it, it's a step in the right direction. Um, I want to call it voting, right? It's just the beginning. Hopefully it's just the beginning. I need to call out a few more projects uh, that, that are like visible in the EOS community. So WordProof is a big Word one. Proof. Shout out Sebastian, man. This guy's yeah, a workhorse. Uh, deeply integrated into the WordPress community. He's been there like 10 years. He shared the stage with, uh, I don't know his name, but the founder of WordProof at a conference uh, recently. The, the writing company or the writer company, which is, we got we all know them as EOS Writer. Uh, yeah. Great group of guys there, Kenny, Shaney, Sean, uh, and anyone I missed. And then Talk Show. I forget what Talk Show was called back in the day, but it's that, uh, I forget his name. Uh, talk Chain, I think it used to be called. Yeah, talk Chain, that? I think what it is, yes. It's like a governance tool. I'm well, looking it's the for- the same thing with like the EOS Writer. It's called, I think they wrote it as the EOS Company, which might be the legal name because mm -hmm. it became the, the, the crypto writer. Uh, which which englobes EOS Writer and now is the writer company. So it might be the same thing with TalkChain. Um, so Miles, you, I, I think my request, if anyone's listening, would be like you said, tell us the criteria. Like what are you looking for? Even if it's different from VC to VC compared to the grant program, just like what are you looking for? And that way we can stop speculating on it and just know. Um, so out of this conversation, one thing I will say though about this, this grant system that's really nice is that, um, one of the, I don't know if you could call it an issue, but one of the things that was going on with the USVC was that they were tending to fund bigger companies and they were taking very much venture scale, uh, bets. They were investing several million dollars or more. They tended to be in more established companies. They tended to be in companies that have a track record. That's awesome. But as we all know, the crypto ecosystem is made up of, of scrappy, um, developers and the to see these kind of smaller teams um, get some funding is is pretty cool and something that I've wanted to see for a while. I agree. Like th that fifty k can go a long way. Like more value might be created out of these fifty thousand dollar grants than a, a two or three million dollar investment to another larger company that can't move as fast mm -hmm. and doesn't have the the desire to do it. Like it's all it, well, like, they're just setting up the different tiers, right? Like this is just part of the funding ecosystem. A grant program. There's a bounty program, which I think we're gonna segue into, and then you've got the the larger VC program. So they're just different tiers of an overall funding strategy. Mm -hmm. uh, and we're seeing it all come into in, into place in a very short period of time. Uh, before we move into the next topic, which is the bounties, I just want to point out. So one VC did come out publicly on one of these tweets, FinLab did, and they explained outright what their criteria are for their investments. And they've done a lot of equity investments into large companies, seven figures or more. Uh, Stefan from FinLab, he's the managing director of FinLab ESVC. He's on the board of directors at FinLab, the bigger FinLab. And he said, we from FinLab have in all of our FinLab EOS VC fund investment agreements implemented EOS IO adoption and integration clauses and addition in, this is hard to read, in addition integrated milestone payments connected to these clauses and conversion. So mm -hmm. th their agreements specifically say to all of their investment companies, you have to, if you're not on EOS IO today, you have to have it on your roadmap to get there tomorrow. And if you don't hit the milestones, different pieces of the funding might, might get pulled or 
not delivered. So I like to see that. That's the kind of transparency I want to see. I, I might not always agree with everything that Block One or ESVC does, but it's just like the lack of transparency and then the lack of communication uh, up until recently. That that's what really bothered me was was the the lack of engagement. I, I miss the days whenever Brendan and Dan would hang out with us on Telegram. Uh, I don't think those days are ever going to come back. Uh, I, I know they've been good. Bloomer's Bloomer's been pretty good on Twitter, but Dan's Dan's been in like hibernation. He's in a longer hibernation than I was on YouTube. Actually, on that we just saw and we just made a tweet yesterday. We saw that Dan uh, 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 merged a PR in uh, in the SIO for the first time in a, for in in EOS for the first time in a very very long time, and so people were speculating on what that might be. And that was really interesting because, like you said, we haven't seen him very much. And specifically uh, within Block One, he hasn't really been I'm sure he's been, you know, coding privately in the private repo, but we haven't seen his name in the public repo in a very long time. Well, so you I know mean, that it's something. Dan being in hibernation doesn't doesn't worry me because I know that that man it's doesn't stop not a thing. He's working on something. Yeah. I but was, when you when you see his name publicly tied to something for the first time in a very long time, you know it's going to be something very special. Totally. When, when I talked to Dan, I, I got to talk to him in person uh, in Blo at the Blocksburg conference back in November, and he said something like he hadn't touched code in over a year or something. And then a couple months ago, I, I heard that, I think we talked about it on this show, was that someone said that he was coding for the first time in, in a very long time. And now we saw it publicly. They, they pushed a, a piece of a repo public that he, he was on there. So... Well, it'll be interesting to see sort of what Dan's contributions are between both Block One and Voice, especially now that they announced that Voice was really officially its own separate company funded by Block One. Like when I saw that announcement, that was my big question was because I know that Voice is very much Dan's baby, but Dan is still the CTO of Block One um, and sort of how he's going to split time or if he does have, you know, specific ideas and implementations, how those are going to cross over. Mm hmm. Uh, and as far as voice, I don't have the link up, but they're hiring like crazy. If anyone is able to move to New York City uh, and you're in this industry, I highly recommend you check that out. Um, let's see. The last post I saw was if you know of the 98 Bulls and you knew who the worm was, please apply. What? So if you know who the worm is uh, in the 98 Bulls team, then please apply and you automatically, I believe, get a, vo uh, a job under Salah. <laughs> I, I've heard. Do, do I've heard. Under, are you confused things. as I am by that, Eve, or do you actually understand that? No, I, I know who it is, and I, I think I, I think I know why he says that or what it means. So the worm was Dennis Rodman, and basically what it was was Dennis Rodman was un, always under the net, and he was. I think the. I think he had the record for the most rebounds, or he was always one of the the highest rebound taking mm -hmm. players. And so I think the idea is you have to be in the gut of it, and you got to be taking shots. And you got to be like really, really, really in the mix. I think that's the kind of person that they're looking for. But I thought it was really interesting because it really gave personality. Like since Salah has been there, his his Twitter posts are way more personable, let's say, than traditional CEO. Like he, I think he was putting, um, you know, he was cooking over the the last couple of weeks, and he was putting pictures of what he was cooking for dinner, that kind of thing. So you can tell that if he's going to be running a you know a social media platform, got to be able to connect with the person, and he seems to be doing that already. So that, that actually gets me really excited. Totally. Um, I'm not, we're not going to talk about it a lot because I don't have a lot to say, but like we're talking about all these community initiatives that have happened since like the last 2020 alone. So they brought on EOS New York to basically lead their public blockchain engagement team. We're seeing the fruits of that now, like boom, 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 all these press releases coming out. Uh, it kind of seems like it has Kevin's hands Is on it. Is it them or are we just assuming it's them? 
I'm giving them credit. I don't know. No one's told you're me giving this. them credit, right? Yes, New York, you're getting the credit. I I don't care. Uh, whatever. I've, I've uh, also <laughs> operated under that assumption. Yeah, I, I've I've also noticed that Bloomer uh, tweeted recently. I forget what he wrote, but he wrote the word decentralized with a Z. And every other time that Bloomer's written decentralized, he spells it with an S, like the British spelling. So I, I had the impression that someone wrote a tweet for him. Uh, it could have been anyone, though, at Block One. They have an entire marketing team. But moving on. Uh, uh, so all these initiatives. Zach, you're the-, the king of noticing the small things that, that seem to uh, fly by every month. I love it. That's yeah. how you get the information. It's the, yeah. those little I know. clues. That's why, show, that's why the show has always been good. I always learn something. <laughs> uh, so things are getting better. They brought, they brought on EOS New York. They've brought on some prominent community members over the last year. Ash Oro from, from EOS Radio is there now. As a, I think he's a project. I don't know what he does. I think he's doing something projects. Uh, Mark Woods, he's a VP of product now. He was a, a prominent community member back in the day. Uh, helped me organize the B1 June uh, party the day before with Rob. Um, but there's also the ongoing hackathon. So one of my biggest complaints over the last, since the hackathons ended and 2018 was there haven't been any hackathons sponsored by block one. So that all changed this month. Also, there's been an ongoing virtual hackathon all month. The coding for change challenge, another hundred thousand dollars is going to be uh, awarded to the winner of, of this hackathon. The contest ends June 1st. So there's probably teams. Good luck to all of the teams watching this that are in the final rounds, getting your pitches ready. But not only did block one award one point, like five or six million dollars in grants over the last couple of months that they announced today, but they also are going to give out another hundred thousand dollars to the winner of the hackathon in a couple of days. And today, a two hundred thousand dollar bounty was announced, and I'll let one of you guys talk about it. Take it away, you take it. All right. So uh, there was a challenge uh, that was put out. I believe it was February eighth, or so. So a couple of months ago, I think three months ago, maybe a little bit earlier than that. Uh, in order to be able to run a full uh, EOS virtual machine, or sorry, an Ethereum virtual machine inside of EOS. Uh, and uh, somebody that we all know submitted uh, his application. And finally, it was announced today that he is the winner. And so from EOS Cafe Block, Saeed Jeffrey just won today 200,000 US dollars uh, for his submission. And I think he's been, I think uh, you can go see the GitHub. I think it's like version three. Uh, final submission. He's been working on this coding away now for months. Uh, so huge shout out to Saeed because this is this is massive. Like if you think about this, we even heard very, very shortly after the news started sharing out in, in China when they were waking up and uh, some people reached out and they said they, uh, you know, they, they're, they're developers and they were helping people, uh, you know, come onto the blockchain, those people ended up choosing Ethereum instead of EOS, but now they're complaining that gas fees are too high. Uh, and they wish that they'd actually, you know, chosen EOS instead. Bloop, Saeed comes in and just goes, yep, wrap her around your little application. Don't need to do very much. Bloop, now you're on EOS. And that's huge for DeFi. That's huge for so many of the, the applications that chose Ethereum, kind of had no choice at the time because I was, I either was pre-EOS or, you know, just didn't know that EOS uh, that would be able to satisfy their needs. And now you'll just be able to take that, run it on EOS, while not having them do a lot of work in order to do the port, it's massive. Because we know that especially a lot of the DeFi applications are still very much in Ethereum. 
Uh, and, and that's all, I mean, there are other teams that submitted, so there are other solutions out there, but the one that, that won it was the one from Saeed. So congratulations, Saeed. Yeah, Everyone watching, sure. round that's of a huge shout out, that's huge. That is that's huge. It's huge. It's huge. It's huge. It's such a big step in the right direction for interoperability. I mean, that's what we're yeah. doing at Liquid Apps. We're constantly trying to build tools that makes it easier. Like Ethereum is one of the places too, is making it easy to port your application or as little code changes as possible. With what Saeed built here, you do not have to modify your Solidity code. You could just kind of port it into an EOSIO contract and get all of the benefits of EOSIO. So, and you can still huge. retain the liquidity that you have on Ethereum. So, like, there's so many different, just like we saw with with EOS, that uh, new applications are, let's say, building their their the main part of their code, let's on a permission chain or a private chain or something like that. But they'll do the settlement layer on EOS, or they'll do the account layer on EOS. Once you're able to have those essentially like building blocks, you're going to be able to choose whichever blockchain you want, and then take the the feature that is required that matches the blockchain functionality and kind of have a mishmash of what's best for your, your end, end uh, business case. And basically this, this particular tool is a huge component of that. It's, it's massive. It's really, really big. I, I have some tools coming out in a little bit. Like maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe not me personally, but we've got some tools I'm, coming out in the, I'm not going to say too much. Actually, if we're going to talk about anyone's projects on this call, I want to talk about Gray Mass and the Anchor Wallet. Why, yes, why don't we get into do that? So as some people have probably seen, we've been following Gray Mass. Um, we've been working on something called Anchor for quite some time now. Um, if you were around in the earliest days of EOS, you probably remember EOS Voter, which was uh, the first desktop wallet that was available to the EOS community. In fact, uh, Dan actually recommended it right after the chain launched as something to use if you wanted to, to access things. And that was a desktop wallet that was created by the Gray Mass team um, that at the time was really intended to just provide, you know, fill a hole in the market and provide a, a solution that was needed when there, there wasn't much else out there. Um, and it was a great tool. I think, you know, probably all of us were users of, of EOS Voter, um, but there wasn't a ton of consideration for um, sort of uh, UI and UX and some of the bigger features that um, that our that our team wanted to build. Um, and that's what ultimately became with Anchor. So Anchor has everything that you have in EOS Voter, if that's what you've been using, but also a bunch more features, um, some pretty major integrations, um, as well as a much updated, uh, well, it's completely rebranded. It's called Anchor now. Um, it's got a much better U UI. It's way more intuitive. Um, the tools are easy to, easier to use. Um, and probably the biggest difference is that you can now use Anchor like you've used Scatter or Token Pocket or some of these other applications in the past, um, or sorry, some of these other wallets, and that you can interact directly with applications. So previously, uh, Anchor was, or sorry, EOS Voter was really just a standalone desktop wallet that allowed you to do things like cast your votes, uh, manage your resources, use recs, things like that. Um, now it really does everything. And there are a few applications already that support Anchor. Um, so you can sort of log in using Anchor. Um, and we've got a lot more coming on soon. Um, and then we've also got a mobile version of Anchor that is kind of a game changer as far as I'm concerned. Um, it's currently in beta for iPhone users. Android is being worked on. Um, and let me pause there and get some questions, but we can dive into any of these things. 
I got it. So, I, I just want to point actually one- before before you do like I just want to. He sold himself, so he sold the Grey Mass team short. So before uh, the EOS uh, the EOS voter existed, you had to use Cleos in order <laughs> to interact with with EOS. And so uh, despite him saying that the UI or whatever wasn't great, it was amazing. Your your alternative was Cleos. Number one. Uh, number two, uh, I forget. So go to you, because I forget. What <laughs> All right. Was. So shout out to uh, to Aaron and our team who really uh, led the development here. I am uh, as as impressed as anyone with it. Um, I remember what the other thing is. So you you said that there's a few applications that interact with it. Uh, it's only been out for a couple of weeks, and there are a lot of applications that that interact with it at this point. The integration between Anchor and Block Explorer's Anchor and Games applications. Uh, is is coming out extremely rapidly uh, when you when you take into account that you know prior to this it would take a while before there were integration with anything new like that. So huge shout out to Graymas for that. Yeah. yeah, and we've been talking to a lot of teams, and there's there make no mistake, there's plenty of big integrations coming down the line. I think you know I think within a pretty short period of time, all of the major applications on on EOS are going to support it because. Um, you know, we're talking to a lot of them and there's a lot of users out there who are switching to Anchor who, who love it because it's awesome. You know, I just wanted to point out that you had a really big supporter uh, the other day here. You got the, yes. the retweet from Bloomer with comment. He gave more love to you guys at Gray Mass and Anchor than Scatter ever got. And I, I love the Scatter team. I love what Scatter did. So without EOS Voter, when the mainnet launched, we probably couldn't have unlocked the mainnet because no one would have been able to vote. But then in the first year, year and a half of the EOS mainnet, Scatter carried it. Without Scatter, we would not like be where we are today. I do not want to take anything away from the Scatter team, but Anchor is the Scatter killer. I said it. <laughs> <laughs> um, the one feature it's missing, and we talked about this before the call. I, I, and Aaron, if you're watching, or you'll probably get the message from Miles. We need to have a way to import our scatter keys into the Anchor wallet. I want to be able to like download like the backup file of, I have the backup like encrypted file I can get from scatter. I want to have a way, if it's possible, to just import all of my keys into Anchor. And that would be awesome because I've got like 50 accounts. One click button. That's what I want. I already asked Aaron. I think I've asked him two or three times. Like this needs to be priority. It's extremely important. I know so many people that love the experience with Anchor. Uh, they want to be able to switch over. They want to have, even if it's just for or having an alternative to scatter in case something happens to scatter. Like you want it decentralized. You want it to, to, to have kind of a fail safe. Uh, do that, Aaron. Huge, huge thing. A lot of people are going to switch over, myself included. Um, I, uh, Aaron's Aaron's watching, so I'm sure he's uh, definitely getting the message. <laughs> but um, while we're on the topic back. of wallets, too, going back to EOS VC and FinLab, my favorite VC, uh, they invested in. I don't I don't remember what the team's called, but the team that's behind the Wombat Wallet. I, I I that's another wallet I really like is the Wombat Wallet, and the reason I like it is because they went old school and they went with the Chrome extension for the desktop, and then they also have iOS and mobile. But my favorite part about the Wombat wallet is that it gives you a free full EOS account when you sign up through them. So if someone's brand new to the EOS ecosystem, we know how complicated a new account could be. Uh, they manage your resources for you and give you a free account, but you can't export your keys unless you pay. It's only half an EOS, which is amazing. It's, it's a great project and EOS VC invested in them. So I, I assume that it's going to get matured further. 
So that's another exciting thing on the wallet front. And also shout out to DAP account who, if you've been following the liquid app stuff and what we've been doing, uh, I've been talking about DAP account. They're using uh, liquid chains. Uh, we got cross chain accounts coming. It's going to be a one single account that can kind of interact with any EOS IO chain. Um, you watch the liquid app stuff for that. I'm not going to show myself too hard on this episode. And it's mostly Ramon Binlish and Blockstart and DAP Solutions product. Uh, so I'll let them talk about it on here another time. But lots of innovation happening in the wallet space. So, so many good I things. That, that's a cool thing that Wombat's doing with the, you have to pay to, to get your keys out. That's kind of an interesting way to cover costs. Um, we are working on some account creation stuff to make that really easy and really intuitive for users, especially with um, the Anchor Mobile Wallet that we're working on. And I also think that a lot of people are going to be pleasantly surprised at the experience of using the, the uh, Anchor Mobile Wallet because it is different from what you've seen with Links or Token Pocket or Meet.one or some of these other mobile wallets that are kind of designed, you know, they're designed more like WeChat. It's everything in one. There's a browser. All the dApps take place within the app. Ours is an authenticator. Um, and it's really, you know, it's a little bit more um, simplistic and really designed to be the, the place that that stores your keys and allows you to interact with any of these applications um, and, and Anchor as a signer. And so um, it's a different experience, but um, it's a really good experience, a really good UX and the sort of interaction between desktop and mobile, um, eventually being able to sign multi-sigs between the two opens up a lot of cool stuff for um, account security, especially when you take into account things like, um, you know, use of biometrics, the secure enclave, all that. So I haven't seen it yet. I haven't used every wallet. I've used the ones I just mentioned, but who's going to be the first wallet that lets us use the YubiKeys for a 2FA? I'll place a bet. Uh, So I'll go on the predict market. (laughs) Little (laughs) shill here for predict market. And if there were that question posed on on the predict market, I would say it's Anchor. I hope so. If, there, if there's a team, I think, that has the knowledge because the, the, the YubiKey component of things, first of all, it's not even enabled on mainnet, so it's not going to be there any, anytime mm-hmm. soon. But if there's going to be a team that that I think is capable of doing it and that's still around at the time, it's going to be great mess. That's my call. We've, we, we've talked about it internally. Um, we, we, we had that discussion actually recently because people on our team use YubiKeys. Um, yep. You know, Aaron and I were at uh, B1Ju and we got the YubiKeys. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, I mean, it's definitely something we're considering. It's it's as far as the prioritization list goes right now. You know, we're trying to listen to the community. People like you guys are are requesting features, which is awesome. Um, and we're trying to sort those obviously by priority. Right now, YubiKey is not a thing that a lot of community members are talking yeah. about. You're kind of the first person yeah. outside of our internal group that's brought it up. <laughs> um, but and you can't even use it if you wanted to because it's yeah. not enabled yet. Just like yeah. Authenticator, it's, 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 it's still very new right now it's one of those nerdy things that you're right. Like the mass markets really don't care. And that's why it doesn't really have a sense of urgency behind it, but it is. They need to do Android before they do YubiKey. They're shutting out like 88% of the whole market right now. (laughs) Android, uh, Android is in the works. Someone in the chat, uh, let's see his name. They asked if we talked about block one voting yet. You might want to start at the beginning. If you're uh, asking that question, we're talking about all the other great stuff happening in EOS right now. Let's, let's just, Go through. Actually, we, kinda... I, we we should give a shout out. You got uh, again from Nova Crypto. You got another fifteen uh, Swiss francs, so it's like fifteen, sixteen US dollars again. Nice. Th- thanks, man. I I actually got to uh, confirm with Google. I got this pin number. I got to confirm I own this account so I can even withdraw <laughs> that money. And and uh, you got a two dollars from Cam Moshi. Thank thanks for shouting them out. I, I, I'm a bad host. I would have <laughs> forgot. Um, yeah. So. 
we talked about all our stuff. Is there anything going on in EOS Nation you want to talk about before I run through all of the other community stuff happening on EOS? To look Can I bring up one more thing about Anchor really quick? Yeah. So another reason for everyone to go download Anchor if you haven't done it yet, um, especially if you're an EOS Voter user, upgrade to Anchor. You're going to get everything you had in EOS Voter plus a bunch more. One of my favorite features is that Graymask Fuel is directly integrated into the wallet. So you're getting free transactions simply by being a user of the wallet. Um, and it's super convenient and super awesome. And Graymask Fuel works for Proxy for Nation. Graymask Fuel is the sponsoring the free uh, transactions that essentially you get by proxying for Proxy for Nation. <laughs> so a little shout out there. So I think we were the first ones. Actually, we were the first integration of Graymask Fuel. Yeah, we were like the beta correct. of. Uh, and it worked right away. So it, it wasn't really a beta. It was like, essentially, it worked out right from the gate. So. Yeah, I mean, so like there's a, quite a few applications now, whether it's Blocks or Nudex or, um, you know, ES Nation that are uh, allowing users free transactions in, in various ways. Um, but the cool thing about Anchor is that if you visit an application that doesn't have that already integrated, you get it through Graymask Fuel. Guys, what about IDOS, man? I thought the ES mainnet was congested and expensive. What's going on here? So the way it works is that you can you can blacklist contracts or you can whitelist contracts or actions, right? And so you can, uh, because at some point, th- th- you bring up something really interesting. So a lot of the wallets were providing free transactions and ADOS users were using those wallets in order to mine. Uh, <laughs> so then, so EOS, the, the mainnet itself, decided not to blacklist those contracts. It's futile anyways. But the wallet itself can 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 censor, and that's not blockchain blockchain censorship, right? Because it's not at the at the network level. Uh, and, and so I think going forward, the reason why I bring it up is going forward, the wallet that you interact with will uh, will basically help provide you with security by choosing what you can or cannot do, and probably letting you do things if you really want to, but giving you a warning. Uh, and, and I think that's going to be a huge responsibility of the wallets that, that the trust relationship that you're going to have where your wallet provider is going to be really, really key because that's the first, your first place of interaction with the blockchain is going to be there. But the advantage of that is then it abstracts the blockchain itself, the, the, the base layer protocol itself from the user and we get one space removed. I think what we're going to see over time is that not only is it going to be one, you know, space removed user to a base protocol, I think it's going to be two spaces removed where even the application developers are going to use, let's say, gray mass tools or going to use people who interact with the protocol, but they themselves don't even do so, which means the user is like two spaces removed from, which then just increases the, the, the UX and the, the UI capabilities for the user. And I think Graymask is at, at the forefront, pioneering with Graymask Fuel. I think it's just the first thing that we see from the Graymask team that's going to, in my opinion, move us towards that that long-term vision. Yeah, the Graymask Fuel, um, our signing protocol, Anchor, Anchor Mobile, they all fit into a bigger vision of what we call it the DAP layer. But it's basically um, a bunch of tools that with have the ultimate goal of making um, you know interacting with the blockchain super easy, super intuitive, and super secure for the user, and a great experience for the developer as well. So there's plenty more coming from our uh, from our way. The sexy topic I want to hit on before we close out, and that's well, we got a couple, but let's let's get into ES DeFi. You got you got another five dollars, by the way. That's DeFi right there. It is well. It's CFI. I think you're up to like twenty two dollars. And actually, I there was one question that we should probably answer because the person asked. I just saw it. Does vote token count increase over six week? Also, I think that was the B one voting. Uh, I don't know, Cam. Do, do you guys know? 
Like, does B1, um, does the 10 million increase after six weeks? I don't think so. But I don't, I don't think so. They, they haven't confirmed anything along those lines as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I have, I have no idea. They did say initially they'd only vote with 10 million, which makes yeah. it seem like it'll increase with time, but, but they didn't give any timeline for that. And that 10 million is very specific. So if people ask why 10 million, so they have, Block One has, you know, 100 million tokens. Originally, they no longer have 100 million, but that were vested over 10 years. They did buy some RAM with about four or 3.2 million. I don't recall the exact amount. I think it's 3.2 million EOS. Uh, and so they combined um, some of the tokens that were left un basically non no longer vested. Plus, they moved some EOS, I think about 4 million to make that 10 million pot. So they are voting with only at this time with unvested tokens, essentially. But they yep. could vote with those vested tokens if they wanted to. Mm -hmm. But they wouldn't be able to split them up. So that's it. So it's kind of, oh, uh, there's yeah. no in between. There's no in between. You're so right. It was either they voted with 96, they voted with 10, or, or, or any combination that I guess between uh, 16 and 10. I forgot about that. Or so 16, they can't split up. A, a lot of their votes can't be split up then. So we're not going to see cannot. like a bunch of buckets of 10 mil. We're going to. You, you can't, you know, you, you would be able to see that once a year, but you wouldn't be able to see, for example, right now, they wouldn't be able to vote with 20 million tokens. There's no combination that, that allows for that. Uh, or 30 or 40 or 50, it'd be 96 mm -hmm. or any combination between, I guess, zero and 16 at this point. Interesting. So talk about Anchor. Talked a little bit about Liquid Apps. I know EOS Nation's very involved in the DeFi space on EOS. It's only getting better. Um, I just want to point out old news that came out like May 12th, and I missed it until recently. Apparently some other people in the know knew, but EOS Finex, which I talked about a lot last year, launched like last July, I believe. And it, I, I wasn't as, I was super excited leading up to it. Then when it launched, it kind of wasn't as good as I wanted it to be. But I think everything I wanted EOS Finex to be last year sounds like it's going to happen this year. So I tweeted about this yesterday after I found that I just want to read a quote from Paulo, uh, the CTO of Bitfinex. And he says, we believe that providing the EOS community with the Bitfinex liquidity pool via the EOS Phoenix platform will have a major impact on the ecosystem and users who prefer to trade on a non-custodial platform. Liquidity has been a major issue for DEX and we hope that by providing the best of both, a centralized and decentralized exchange will be able to grow the EOS community. This is huge. It's enormous. Like the biggest thing lacking on any decks. It doesn't matter if you're talking. You look at you look at all awkward because you can't say much. <laughs> I'll talk. I, I have no affiliation with any of this stuff. Uh, la this is what I was expecting last year. This is why I was like hyping up EOS Phoenix last year because Bitfinex is the top trading platform. Might not have the highest volume, but they have the best infrastructure and tooling out of anybody. And that includes Coinbase. I believe they have else. the highest liquidity out of any exchange. I'm not sure if that's still the case, but they've got all these much. trading tools. They've got like this honey thing. Like they've got all this stuff for institutional traders. And I saw hints of this happening last year, but it, it, it wasn't ready, I guess. But now it's like, look at any decks. There's, if you wanted to make a big order, like tens of thousands of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars, millions of dollars. Uh, you can't do it on a DEX. On new DEX, even if you're just doing... Can. 
And so there is there is an exchange that currently exists and that's been existing for more than a year. I think it's all, it's been there for a year and a half in the EOS ecosystem, which has this particular model. Really? It doesn't have the liquidity that Big Thanks will be able to provide, but it does have a lot of liquidity. Just people don't know about it. Shout it out. So WhaleX. WhaleX is the hybrid. So it is the uh, it, it is a DEX. However, their order book is centralized. Uh, that has advantages. Uh, they do have Bitcoin and Ethereum pairings for a lot of the tokens, for, specifically for EOS. And that's where a lot of the liquidity comes from. So the, the, the advantage now, though, with Bitfinex is there's way more liquidity and their order book is, is obviously much, much, much scales bigger. But we do have a hybrid functional uh, DEX that, that's been running and operating for a very long time. EOS NX is just going to take that to a whole new level. It is, yeah, I can't say much more. Should be amazing, amazing, amazing. Well, while we're on the topic of EOS Finex, let's talk about EOS DT and them uh, decentralizing their contract. We talked about that. That's public, right? I don't yeah, know. All the, I, I don't. I don't public. have all the BPs memorized that are on it. Who, yeah. who wants to cover that and call out the BPs? So the 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 four BPs. So this is a project that's been going on for a very long time. Uh, Equilibrium Equilibrium Framework has the EOS DT uh, token. Uh, it's an over collateralized style uh, stable coin on EOS. Like make and, it out. Uh, and then they have the nut token and uh, they, uh, the original plan, the, the original framework was always to decentralize and I guess to give away the keys to those contracts. Um, and because this is a functionality that we have in EOS with the permission sex, et cetera. And finally, last week, uh, after eight very long months of working towards this, after multiple audits, after a lot of work, a lot of background in, uh, work, four teams now have access to those keys Equilibrium can no longer change the EOSDT contract nor the NUT token contract uh, unless they pair up with one of the four teams and or actually it's two of the four teams. So uh, EOS Canon, EOS Finex or Bitfinex, Binance and EOS Nation. Uh, and so as of last week, EOS, Equilibrium no longer has control of the owner key nor the active key. So what that tells me just from here and just this little tidbit is like Binance is getting involved with EOS. Like they're not just like bystanders. Like we, we, one of the last episodes we did together, we talked about the staking program. They're paying staking rewards for users on their platform. They've got multiple lockup periods, multiple percentages. Uh, a few episodes ago, you were talking about how someone from their team is very active in one of the public channels. Um, they're, they're making moves. Like they're, they're not passive, like, EOS block producers by any means. Uh, so I'm excited to see uh, the future of You're that. talking about two of the biggest players in the crypto ecosystem. Bitfinex yeah, Finex and, and Binance. Binance. Yeah. And they have dedicated teams dedicated to EOS. Like I can tell you without going into so much detail, we've been working with both teams for a very long time now. There are tons of projects that they're working on. The, the gravitas and the pull and the attention that they can bring to EOS is massive. Uh, and so it is very important for them to understand how EOS works properly. And because they're BPs, they need to know like the, the, the core uh, designs and the core functionalities, right? So if we look at other chains where uh, exchanges have stake and DPoS chains, especially where they can potentially affect governance, but because they're so far removed, somebody was saying earlier, you know, they get kind of a debrief from somebody of somebody of somebody, and they essentially do a, an action that can completely change the change uh, the, the chain in which they're, they're making the action in, but they're so far removed that they're not really intimate with what's happening. 
the advantage with EOS is these are BPs as well. They are intimate with what's happening. Uh, it might not be their specialty. Of course, they're doing other things, but they do have dedicated teams towards this. And so it just makes the mainnet that much stronger. Uh, and in terms of long-term growth, it just makes mainnet that much more secure as well. And yeah. where we're seeing these teams start to deploy some really massive tools and some really massive, uh, I guess, features that, that are going to be leveraging EOS, the mainnet itself. EOS is the liquidity chain. Like that is what it is. You have the two biggest exchanges in the world as block producers actively, very actively. It's not like four it. of the yeah, six uh, largest exchanges yeah, right. in we're the world, all very OKX, active on yeah. the mainnet. Call them out. Uh, so, I mean, well, I guess some of them were in the votes that block one voted for. So you got Hobie. Hobie single-handedly brought uh, like an uncountable well, it is countable. I know how much, but so much investment in EOS prior to launch. They themselves single-handedly brought EOS to the, the Chinese market. Then you've got OKX. They also jumped onto the scene, uh, started doing some governance, started doing some outreach to, to BPs, and took their voting to a whole new, you know, a whole new mechanism, a whole new level. Uh, then you've got uh, ZB, which is another exchange. They weren't on the voting list. You've got Binance, you've got Bitfinex. Uh, and then you've got the the decentralized exchanges, right? Nudex was on the list as well. Mm-hmm. Nudex was, I think, up and running a few weeks after the mainnet launch. Imagine EOS without Nudex. I, I couldn't. Like you were talking earlier about imagine EOS without Scatter. Imagine EOS without Nudex. Nudex was the counterparty to the centralized exchanges, and they've done t- tremendous work. And they've brought so much, uh, I mean, so much liquidity, but so much, so much, uh, uh, I guess, promotion to so many of those small teams on EOS. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the exchanges play key roles in the ecosystem. They're extremely, extremely important. It, it's the key piece of infrastructure that any smart contract platform really needs. Um, and yeah, It's the first point of contact for most users. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the first point of contact for regulators. It's the first point of contact for any large token holder that's looking for security. Uh, like, Anyways, very, very so important. DeFi I think that everyone recognize that. is getting stronger. Um, DeFi is on, getting on stronger. Top, yes. On top of that, we, have, we still have Shintai, who is constantly releasing and building and doing things. We have Vigor uh, going into production soon. We've got a new project called EOS Options. I'll talk about that another week whenever I have more time to talk about this, because this project came out of nowhere to me personally, and it, it, it is very feature-rich, and I would be happy to explain it on a future episode but we got to move can on I, from- can i can I, oh. can I give a quick shout out to just one more project that i'm excited yeah about. shout them out closure i am an advisor but uh predict by ever <laughs> yes it, it does kind of fit into the I call it DeFi. Space. it's surely yeah, yeah DeFi for sure it, it totally is DeFi. um and yeah predict 2.0 is is now live people can uh visit it at it's p-r-e-d-i-q-t dot everpedia.org um, and you can create markets now. You can participate in markets. And what's cool about this, and this is what is uniquely enabled by blockchain, is that you can have markets that just don't exist anywhere else. So the other day, there was a market about whether or not SpaceX's um, Dragon would dock with the International Space Station. So people are able to participate participate in these super niche markets. There was a market about whether or not B1 would actually vote before June 20th. Um, and so it's pretty cool right now. There's a lot of stuff that's uniquely catered to the EOS community. There's a lot of stuff that's just unique in general, and those markets don't really exist elsewhere. Um, and I can encourage people to go check it out. 
And while you're talking, I remembered P tokens. So shout out to P tokens being uh, pegged Bitcoin to EOS, and it's collateral. It's able to be collateralized on EOSDT. I, I think Vigor is trying to be able to collateralize it too. Uh, I heard that on Bitfinex, you'll be able to like exchange. Like if you have Bitcoin on Bitfinex, whenever you go to withdraw it, I, I, I think this is secondhand. But I think you'll be able to withdraw and decide if you want to withdraw it to PBTC to your EOS or Ethereum wallet or just regular Bitcoin. He's not even though he's not in his head. He was not the source, or else I would. Uh, and and uh, P tokens are actually looking for. So if some of you out there are um, you know, have infrastructure or block producers or block producers on other chains, P tokens is looking for the P network for validators. Uh, go check out. I think they just released a Medium article today. I believe. Well, so if you want to help secure Bitcoin decentralized finance on EOS, uh, you have a you have a chance right now. Okay. We've got a really exciting project next on my list. It's not DeFi. It's actually more exciting than DeFi to everyone except maybe us. Uh, but we got Blancos. I don't, we haven't heard about Blank. I haven't talked about Blancos in a really long time because after like the South by Southwest thing last year, they got kind of quiet. They made a tweet June fifth. The exclusive Blanco's block party at the IGN Summer of Gaming event. You'll see it right here. I don't know if you can see my uh, mouse pointer, but under gameplay here on the bottom left, the Blanco's uh, block party, they're going to be releasing the exclusive trailer debut, exclusive gameplay there. I don't have a whole lot of information here, but I, I have little rumors and birdies. I know someone uh, talked to Rudy at uh, the NFT conference in New York City in like February, and he was told that there is an EOS mainnet component still to, to Blancos. I don't know what it is. I don't have more detail on that, but there will be some sort of component. I don't know much about Blancos though. Have you guys heard anything? I have not. Um, it, I'm guessing this is some sort of virtual conference that's happening. It must be. Yeah. yeah. I, I see IGN and I get all excited as if it's like some huge thing, but you're right. It's just like all well, the crypto conferences. They all are virtual. Huge, but yeah, but um but I don't know. I'm excited because I, I was very excited about Blankos back in the day. And then, like you said, they kind of went quiet. Um, it's clear that it's a rock star team behind them. So, uh, you know, I'm excited to see what they come up with. Their whole team uh, is Blizzard. Like, I'm sure there's other game companies, but the big one I remember is a bunch of ex-Blizzard, like, VPs. Uh, mm -hmm. John John Linden is their uh, founder. Um, but anyway, I don't have much to say because I don't know that much. Eve, your face just got all blurry. Um, but I'm super excited about that because I'm hoping the gameplay trailer, I'm, I'm assuming that over the last year and a few months, a, a lot of improvements have been made to the gameplay since the South by Southwest 2019, uh, conference that if you guys have been following us, Rob was there and got to play the games and shared all that. I still have my, uh, physical Blancos cards. Either of you guys got those? No, I didn't get one. Ooh, uh, uh, that kind of brings me to the next topic. Let's talk about wax a little bit. I have not gotten into this NFT train because... I was busy making fun of everyone that was into it. And then they all like 10 X on their damn NFTs. So what's going on with the NFTs on wax Eve, you're a block producer there. So, uh, so garbage pale kids. So tops, uh, the, the trading card company, uh, are released and we knew about this for a long time, but they released a, a on wax NFT garbage pale kids, GPK, uh, series. The series sold out in 28 hours. Uh, they, they went off like hotcakes. Within a few hours after them being sold out, they started selling on eBay. They started selling on the simple assets marketplace. 
Uh, and some cards were going, I think, for like $800, $900. That was within 24 hours after the, the sale ended. And then they released a gold, I guess they, they had a contest. The people that did buy cards were eligible to then win the gold cards. Uh, one of our, our, actually one of our EOS Nation members, our, our uh, Martin from, uh, from uh, he's living in China. He's our director out there in Asia. He won one of the gold cards and those were going for two, $3,000 per card. Uh, and so there's a huge, huge hype over the GPK cards on Wax. Tons of new users came on. Uh, there, there was a channel that the EOS Sweden guys set up that you could see kind of all the trades that were going on. And if you were in that Telegram channel, it was just, it was just rolling, rolling, rolling. Like the amount of, of, uh, of interest that that generated was just insane. Like it's clear that there's a marketplace, that there are people that are out there other than Zach that apparently really want <laughs> NFTs. But you know what? I might not have gotten in on the GP, GPK, but this guy right here is going to make me rich. Oh, there you go, Blancos. <laughs> I got a couple That's of these. That's an OG Blancos card. OG. I got a couple of those, man. After seeing, because uh, I, I think Blancos could be huge. I, I've heard uh, rumors that they'll be on consoles. Uh, so that's going to be huge. Like talking like PlayStation, Xbox, PC, obviously mobile. I, I don't know all the systems. None of this has been confirmed. It's all just kind of rumors, but I, I believe them for the most part. So after seeing what happened with Garbage Pill Kids, I hope that these Blancos cards could uh, help me retire quicker and sooner. That'd be amazing. Um, but let's see what else we got here. We got um, Sense 2.0. Eve, you said you wanted to talk about that. We were both on their webinar last yeah. week where they demonstrated it. It's got a lot of new features. Tons of new features. I really like the way, um, I guess one of my cool, one of the coolest features that I saw was the vouching. So then instead of having traditional KYC, you're able to vouch for others. And there's a cost to vouching so that you can't, you don't just go vouching left and right. But if you know somebody, essentially you vouch them. It's that social validation that uh, that weeds out bots. Uh, so I thought that was a really cool feature. You've got staking into it. Uh, you've got obviously some sending some tokens. All of the, the chats are encrypted by nature. So I think it's up to 50 people per chat maximum, but those are encrypted by default. And then if you want larger groups, then you can choose whether or not you want people that are in your network. Uh, you can do like subgroups. It's, it's all about the social, um, I guess it's all about discussions, all about chatting, all integrated in one. The UI looked really cool. The UX looks super, super easy to, you know, we, we saw the demo live and it looks so easy to actually go through. Um, I'm really excited about Sense 2.0. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and like disclaimer, I was not at all excited about Sense 1.0. <laughs> saw it. Uh, people that I know tried it. It wasn't that great. And it seems like it's a complete revamp. Looks amazing. So huge shout out to the sense team because they've clearly been working their heads down now for, for over a year. I'm out, I'm out of stuff on my list of uh, notes. I do see someone in the channel brought up that uh, Blancos uses D goods. I forgot about that. D goods is going to make a comeback. So I, I, I think the garbage pill kids and all the NFTs on wax, don't they use simple assets framework? Simple assets. Yes. Right now. Yeah. Simple assets is kind of the most basic, I guess right now, functional uh, NFT standard. It's very, very basic. So there are other standards that have come out. Uh, but D goods up until now has only been theoretical because nobody uses it. And I don't even think, not even sure if they have code or anything. I think it was just on paper. So simple assets really is the go-to right now. Yeah. Uh, I, I have yet to see a D goods. I think Link's wallet had like a D goods like marketplace, but I don't know like what was in that marketplace. Cause mm. I, I don't, I don't remember. I, I never really got into it. I never really got into NFTs in general. 
until wax and i i'm still not into it i'm like on the sidelines i'm wait, i'm itching to get in though I'll, I'll get in on the next fomo train it's crazy how many like 28 hours for all the cards to sell out is insane it, like people were jonesing for cards wax is hot right now man there's a lot of cool wax stuff is happening super on hot right now I, they're I, doing I amazing work rumors like about wax some wax really, council really good. do you know anything about the wax council stuff the wax out? council stuff uh, no, i'm not too sure what you're talking about maybe the the word isn't so wax is a federated chain right so wax has a centralized body the wax team they essentially appoint the block producers uh they control the tokens they control the contracts uh but the advantage with that and and they they also have the the ig so the 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 group essentially that rates the block producers and decides how the block producers are rated but it's all centralized right the advantage with that is that they're able to iterate very very quickly so there's a definitely a space for federated chains in the blockchain space and wax is really kind of the model right now that leverage eos io to be able to have that performance did a, an ico on ethereum so they have tons of funds and they're really deploying and they're deploying at a rapid pace very business oriented uh like huge shout out to wax really really good product yeah, we I had William Quigley on here a while ago. I need to get him back on or Evan, uh, the biz dev guy, mm. uh, talk about Wax because there there is a lot of cool stuff happening on there. The I'm looking at this chat, so this is like a third hand or fourth hand rumor, but some Wax Council is like announcing partners. People are rumor mongering it could be Netflix, but I don't I I don't believe. I don't know. It could, but these are like fourth hand things from all the people I make made fun of originally about the NFTs who are all making fun of me now for not getting in on them. But there's all these rumors flying, but this is crypto. I, I wouldn't expect anything, but happy to be surprised. Um, we've been going long here, boys. Is there anything we missed? I think we got to have some. There's one thing I want to say before we end uh, because it's, it's for the community. So we, uh, Yoss Nation just put up and we just executed uh, the lost keys contract. So the lost key, for those who didn't know, there's a lost keys contract. Uh, if if you lost your Ethereum keys uh, because you you bought uh, ICO tokens or you had the, the ERC20 token version of EOS, you lost your keys, you couldn't unlock them. So you meet the criteria, you've never used your account and everything. Uh, there was a lost key recovery process. The process was, there was a timeline of one year that expired uh, about a month ago. And by popular demand, uh, community members reached out and said that they had not completed the proper process. And so we uh, recompiled the, the contract, changed the end date. And so now it is has been redeployed yesterday. And the now new end date is June of 2021. And so you've got one more year to go and claim your EOS if you have not done so, uh, because you couldn't, because you lost your keys. Is so there stats on done. how many of those accounts exist still yeah uh, yeah well no because so there are a lot of accounts that have been untouched right mm -hmm. and so we don't know if it's because they lost their keys or if it's because they just haven't touched their accounts mm -hmm. uh and so we were not able to provide that but what we do know is that shortly after the lost key uh, i guess initiative got deployed there's about 2.6 million eos that got unlocked that's it's no small change like there's quite a bit of people that lost their keys and uh and that needed the help in order to be able to uh to access them that's great i i think i i might know one person that i don't know if they actually went through with the lost keys but they messaged me like they got in crypto at like the hype cycle top of the bull cycle 
like got out of it. They still own maybe like a hundred bucks of ES and they messaged me like a couple months ago and they're like, what do I do? Yeah. And I, I told them about the lost <laughs> key solution, but I don't know. Well, if you've actually... got your keys, you don't need lost keys. Mm-hmm. So it's for the people that literally lost their keys. <laughs> they, they have ERC20 tokens uh, and they just don't have their keys, but they still have access to the EOS keys. Uh, sorry, to the Ethereum mm-hmm. keys. So they still own yeah. the Ethereum account. They just, they, they lost their, their EOS key pair. Or there were specific people that got fished. Uh, I think it was on the block one site for like a couple of hours. Uh, and and the, the key pair was exposed. Anyways, something happened there. And so, um, yeah, it helps out those people. All right. Well, I think Miles had a hard stop at 7 or whatever time it is locally. Had a hard stop like 40 minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. All right. Well, I got to sign off anyway. I got to have some dinner here. Uh, I, I promise everyone it won't be six weeks until the next one. I've actually got like two or three guests lined up who I'm excited. It'll be like interview style. Uh, one of them just won a $200,000 bounty recently. I'm happy to have him on as soon as possible to talk about that. Um, but I'm looking forward to talking to you guys, bringing this show back. Eve will be on, I'm sure, on if not week to week, every other week. We'll figure it out. I got to get into rotation again. Got to get back in the routine. Hope you guys all enjoyed this. It's been a long one. Hope you guys made it through. So until next time, I'm Zach Gall. I'm Eve. <laughs> and I'm Miles. Miles does it. I don't remember. I haven't done this close. And this, so this is, is everything, everything EOS. EOS. Go, Go EOS. EOS. <laughs> <Bad>. <laughs>